and welcome to the Talking Wednesday podcast. I hope this podcast finds you well. There is a change again. Uh, Dex has gone on holiday this week and I am joined once again by Worko, who did a great job last week, so we've re-invited him again. How are you, mate? I'm, I'm well, I'm well, yes. Much like the rash that seems to keep cropping up and you swear that you've taken the antibiotics for them and yet it still keeps coming back. Here I am once again. Yeah, so James has got a uh, breakaway. So you've got me instead. I took a break last week. And yeah, we're going to have a talking about Wednesday, as we always do. We're going to hit on some subjects and topics that have come in. And just remember, members are available on the channel. Please leave reviews for the podcast. It really does help help push it a little bit more. But we're trying to just get it out there a little bit more. And more people listening, more people watching. It's brilliant. Uh, how's your week been, mate? It's been good. It's been good. Uh, I've got a funny story. To, as you know, Jake, you, you tell me, you, we talk all the time about how I'm going to the gym and getting all swollen and everything. Well, I was in the gym the other day and um, <laughs> no word of a lie, I'm, I'm doing my overhead presses and stuff and then put the weights down and someone then comes over to me once I put the weights down and goes, do you know what, mate? You really look like Johnny Bravo. Like the brunette Johnny Bravo. <laughs> you know the cartoon that's like really hench and stuff? Yeah. Someone just came up to me and just said that and then gave me a fist bump and walked away. But it's... my my The gym that I go to is a, a very interesting place. I tell you that. I was... I didn't quite know what to do with myself after that. <laughs> but yes, that's, uh, that's one of my interesting little highlights of the week. And uh, I'm currently just stiff as a board, basically. Everything aches, but... You know, it's all about the progress. It's all about the getting getting into that Captain America level of of fitness and stuff. You know, but yes. Uh, how about you? How about you, buddy? Um, basically, we bitch up in childcare. Oh, she's of off. Course. She's off goal. She's we we went and did a couple of things in town, and it's weird. I haven't been in town and Meadow Hall in a long, long time, and the amount of times that people are looking going. I know him. I don't know him. Or you could see people brain going, oh, he's that person. And my brain going, oh, keep walking. You've got to keep walking. And I've had a couple of people DM me on Twitter going, were you in town at this time? I was like, yes. Oh, I'm going to come say hello, but you were with your family. I was like, I do appreciate that. That is something I do appreciate. Mm. Let me have in town with my family. And also, thank you for your kind words last week and Anytime. the podcast kind word as well, because last week it was just horrible. It we're not going to dwell on it. it. It is what it is. It's the internet. That's how it Absolutely. is. But yeah, it's been a good week. Uh, I've got some plans in the pipeline for next year, hopefully. Finger crossed if all budgeting-wise works. It'll mean this channel will go a little bit higher. On my channel, anyway. It'll go a bit more higher with what I can do. But yeah, it's all good. Shall we... I will say something, though. Uh -huh. There is something about Wednesday at the moment, our fan base that annoy me and we're going to get into it a little bit when we start talk about the game itself but weren't we all calling last year for like grappy one nil wins at absolutely match? absolutely and there one there one is and i know what you're going to say next that all loads of the wednesday fan base are then saying oh he doesn't he's out of his depth what are they doing why were they not dominant all the time what what is this kind of scrappy win we should be all, on top of them all the time this is the exact scenario that loads of fans wanted to be happening and it's actually how Rotherham, in a fair handful of games, managed to keep clawing away the three points to then go on and do as well as they did last year. So, uh, uh, what do they want? What do the fans want? You know. Yeah. It's but anyway, there's you can't have it both exactly, ways. Exactly. But we'll talk about uh, the game at the weekend. Worko, I'll let you start on this one. How do you think it went? I think it was the exact sort of performance early in the season that will pay absolute dividends not now not before christmas but come the end of the season when it's really coming down to the wire these these sort of early really ugly wins like this mk dons win um will definitely help then but to be honest it seemed a good portion of the game it seemed as though there was basically just stockdale and ben hennigan that were dragging us into those three points kicking and screaming there was so much just spectating by a lot of the team and I didn't really know I, I it just it, it reminded me a bit of that I, I know this is such a chalk and cheese comparison but the season we got relegated right a lot of those games we had the same image of a lot of the players not really pressing and just kind of ball watching but not 
taking a step in to tackle, not not actually. I know there's that famous clip of Neil Warnock just saying "effing tackle," but I wasn't <laughs> screaming that. But what I was sort of thinking is we need a little bit more physicality going in there. We need to stop yeah. just observing and actually maybe commit a little bit to the tackles. And it, it's it, it effectively seemed to me a little bit like there was a lot of a lot of spectating, like I said, and. I just think that's something we need to touch on is that when we need to press a lot, a lot more than we were doing in a good percentage of that second half. It was particularly the second half. Um, but yeah, what about what about uh, you, mate? What did you think well, of it? The first half was typical of Portsmouth last week. We had a lot of the ball <laughs> played very well. Uh, but we do seem to have this thing where we drop off around the 30, 35 minute mark. Let, let's talk about the elephant in the room as well wasn't a penalty we bought one it was outside the box uh he did stumble into the box but i get why mk don fans were annoyed it wasn't a penalty let's be honest with you but windath did take it well and we technically we've been on the other end end of that last season a lot so yeah it's what it is kind of and i would like to add as well to this point i watched it back and i with with the with the league not having the technology to be able you know the var type stuff it doesn't have that. The referee is literally making a split-second decision, and actually, with how quickly Windass and the defender went to the ground, there wasn't really a lot of because you know you you see all the challenges like that that are sort of side barges, whereas this they sort of fell direct you know directly towards the goal, and the referee was positioned yeah. right behind it all, so it did sort of seem like with the angle and look, I, I know there's going to be loads of fans saying, "Oh, well, of course you're defending it because you got the penalty and the goal won you the game." Ha <laughs> ha. No, I just I'm trying to understand in the referee's mind that with the with the pace that they felt that they went down, with where they finished up, the momentum that it was taking them forwards, I can understand why instead of playing it safe and saying no it's a free kick on the edge of the area i can understand why a lot of the visual clues there did say yes that's a penalty even from the linesman who would have seen it from the side on as well i do understand why that was the decision that got made rather than just yeah it's a free kick outside the area there you go you know and to be fair they came very close in that first half to leveling it at some point they did do do some really good attacking Play. The biggest thing for Absolutely. me, and it's been something I spoke about for the last three or four weeks, we don't have enough cover in centre-back and we don't have enough cover up front. And losing Femeru to what looks like a very serious injury, you don't leave the ground in a knee brace if it's a muscle injury. Mm. Personally, I don't, I don't see that. Something I'm hoping I'm wrong and it was just a precaution and it's fine, but... He looked really good as well. He looked very solid. He looked like he was having a good game. But this is where we are blessed with the versatility of Liam Palmer. Absolutely. You can just slot into that position and be like, no problem, I can do it. You bring Hunt on, great replacement for him as well to just know what they're doing. I still want to know what we're going to do with James because mm. I thought the game was ideal for James to come on. And the thing, the thing that got me about this is Moore still doesn't... I don't know if it's that he doesn't trust his subs or it didn't call for it, but you can use five subs. There was an opportunity to use a bit more than what he brought on. Mm. Now, also, Silaso was on the bench and didn't get used. Read into that what you will. That could be completely whatever. But in this game, we literally had left possession for us, which is unusual. 15 shots on target. No, 15 shots, four on target, three corners, and 14 fouls. Now, the thing is, Everybody who's watched us this season, I don't get why NK Don didn't do this. You put balls into that box, we probably don't do very well. But the thing is, Ben Hennigan and David Stockdale had an absolute blinder. Stockdale made some very crucial saves. And I think his interview at the end was very telling about how he's looked at the criticism online, spoke about it. He's not he's not stupid. He knows that he's going to get criticised. He knows what's going to come. And it felt like he was like giving himself that kind of push of going, right, I need to step up now. Uh, wasn't good enough for my own performance. I'll step it up. But more importantly, it clean sheet, it's all three points. And NK Don will be up there ar- around it again, I think. But they are gone. They're on such a big rebuild this season. They've lost the likes of Got Twine, Harry Darling, who Absolutely. was crucial at the back. So to get a point against them, uh, get all three points against them is superb. And. It was interesting watching 
some of the people who were there and speaking to them and then actually then seeing Twitter about them talk about their stadium. Oh, boy. <laughs> they weren't oh boy. happy about their stadium. <laughs> and you, it, it makes you wonder, I'm quite happy about our little rough bucket we got, which is yeah. Hillborough, because a lot of them were saying it's very soulless, it's mm. very empty. <laughs> Well, going back to what you were saying about the Famo injury, uh, I've actually played cricket with someone with somebody before that um, effectively the muscle disconnected from the knee joint and they had to have you know, surgery to get it reconnected again. And they had to leave the, in an ambulance, but you know it wasn't hopefully not that bad. But they had to have a knee brace on just like Famo had. So I wonder if that might be the yeah. injury maybe. Cause just, to the support, angle, just to support the yeah, muscle. Yeah, the, the angle... At, that it looked like he sort of overextended his leg when he was sort of trying to clear it from around the player. Um, and I think that might have been what's then, you know, twanged it or whatever. Um, but yeah, I do agree with what yeah. you said about the game, to be honest. It was, it was, I did actually think as well with how they were playing, it reminded me of us against Portsmouth a little bit with the, with the passing play. Mm. And I just would love us to sort of continue down that. I'd, there's a lot of people that keep... that. I understand it's the old school way and it's the old school League One way particularly to just sort of lump it up to the big man and that's that. And then the big man will put it away with his head or whatever. But I don't think necessarily League One is that way inclined anymore. League Two, maybe. I, I don't really know much and about even, that. Even but, League Two doesn't yeah. seem that way anymore. I think the whole lower league football's adapted to actually playing football. Exactly. And exactly. um, talking talking about big man while we're on the injury front, uh, Michael Smith mm. out with an injury, mm -hmm. and it sounds like it's not going to be as long as uh, Bemiru, but there is talk that he had a broken toe most of last season for Rotherham, and he had injections. And I kind of understand why Darren Moore doesn't like doing that. I think it's better to let the body heal itself, even if it's going to make him miss some games. It's just the Wednesday way, in it? We get a striker in, we know what happened. Absolutely. And a lot of people say it's train, it training pit, but mm -hmm. both Mudgers and Femaroos were all uh, contact things, and there's not a lot you can do about that. That's going to happen. But... We'll go in and have a look at the results from the rest of the league. Uh, Oxford 1, Cambridge 0. Shrewsbury Town 0, Atkinson Stanley 1. A very funny red card in that game as well. Uh, if you haven't seen the clip, the Shrewsbury Town player pulls, pulls the man down, gets done for descent, then gets done for pulling him down. Two yellows and then a red and gets sent off. <laughs> Charlton 1, Derby County 0. Joe Wildsmith Parry. We all know about him parrying job. He used to do it a lot. Obviously not got that his game, sadly. Remember remember uh, back to the QPR away game when certain remarks were made by certain other players yeah. on the pitch and that was exactly what he tried to do and, you know, look what happened yeah. there. Anyway, sorry for interrupting that, Jake. <laughs> no, fine. Uh, Barnsley won, Cheltenham nil. Uh, we may talk about Barnsley right at the end because it's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, Peterborough 3, Morgan nil. Peterborough look solid. They don't... They don't look like they've been away. And that's the scary thing about them. They are good at building clubs for this because they don't seem to lose many players. Uh, it's with two, Boris Green 1. Obviously, we won 1-0. Portsmouth Lincoln City 0-0. Sounded like a drab affair considering how they did. They didn't sound like they were at the race of the tour for their home game. Bristol Rovers 4. Burton 0. And Burton were down to 10 men in the first minute. Well, uh... And they go from the free kick. Uh, it looks like my prediction, if you didn't catch it in the previous episode, my prediction about Burton looks like it's eerily coming true. I mean, I, I say yeah. this, but it's literally to the second game into the season. So I'm, what am I talking about? But anyway. I, I don't mean, it doesn't look good. It doesn't it's look not good. a good look to be 4-0 well. down at half time. And I'll speak into somebody I know who's a Bristol Rover fan and he's very much like, um, we could have been 7-0 up. Fleetwood Town, 2 Fargal 1. If you've ever been to Fleetwood, their goal celebration music is the worst. It's Captain Pugwash. Oh no. Uh, X yeah, when they got Captain Pugwash <laughs> music, it's horrible. Exeter City 4, Port Vale 0. And the shock for me was Bolton 3, Wickham 0. And in that game, they Wickham left some very big open gaps that they don't normally do. And it's interesting one there because, again, Bolton could have been at least 5 0 up. Uh, in that game, and they did look really good. But anything you want to touch well, on on the uh, results? Well, I have been 
revising. I know I said that Bolton, uh, maybe here or there, but I have been, I have actually revised my opinion of that, having done a little bit more re more research into him. Um, I do actually think that they may be sort of, they might even replicate Plymouth from last year, this year. I, I do actually think that maybe they've both they've bolstered well because they've they've sort of kept their team identity intact. They've, all of their key players from last season have stayed, but they've added just one or two just to add a bit of a je ne sais quoi to the, to the side. And I do think that that's kind of showing now with that sort of result. And that actually didn't surprise me too much, especially because I think that Wickham are going on a bit of a downward spiral now because they've, sure, they've kept a lot of players, but they've also then hemorrhaged a lot of the key players who did get them into that playoff final from last year. So I do think that's now starting to maybe show when they've got to find their feet without these key players that they had last year. And that's kind of showing with this result. Yeah. And absolutely. I'm not going to show league table because there's no point. We're fourth at the minute. It's second game of the season. Anything can happen. There's no exactly. point. Uh, so we'll go to the news. So we've always spoke about it, talked on it a little bit in the uh, match review. But the injury concern growing around uh, Femiru is not great. It doesn't look great. I think we'll find out a little bit more come uh, this week. And also, Barry Bannon went off in this game. And a lot of people are like, oh, is he gone? Is he got a knock? And I think for Barry Bannon, it was just... Barry runs a hell of a lot on the pitch. Absolutely. And he does a lot of the... He does the role that Fourth Area used to do, but a little higher now. And he does the doggy work, and I think he just overran it a bit. He did get tackled, and it wasn't great. But on Famiwu, if he is out injured, we now... I said for a while we need two centre-backs. We, we now need three. three. We now need because three. <laughs> we don't have cover. Now, you look at that back lineup. You've got Hennigan and Icky, who looks superb. I all for confidence gone. Liam Palmer can play in that position. But do you want to put Liam Palmer there, when, especially when he can get down the wings and do a cross? And the interesting thing for this, we were all looking at how the formation was going to be. And a lot of people were thinking it was going to be 4-4-1-1. Play uh, Windass and Patterson at top together. But he didn't. He went back to the 3-5-2 three, three, thing. And it works, don't get me wrong. But if we lose someone like Femiru for a long time, say it's six months, we have to go out and get defenders. Now we're all we all know we're looking at Harley Dean. There's no qualms about like we keep looking at him. There's Michael Hector, who's still a free agent, who's a good shout. And the thing is, I am saying names that have got big wages, and that's where we're going to have the issue. But there's also Gibson, who's now free agent from Everton, who we had on loan last season. Now people might not think he did enough last season, but when we need bodies, it might be a good option to get in. You know what I mean? Play that left-sided centre-back. What, what do you think? Well, How do you think we're going to fix I, I, I'd probably say I understand that Dean and, and Hexer might demand larger wages. I do think they'd be willing to reduce them, you know, because I know for a fact that Michael Hector still wants to get into the Jamaica national team, and I'm pretty sure that having not got a club doesn't put him in good stead for that. And so just having a club will be an absolute dividend towards him going in that side. Um, so I think that would be a good bargaining tool sh to negotiate a lower wage for him, maybe. But there's also no transfer fee involved, which means that there'll be more money available to spend on their wages. Um, and I do think as well, actually, maybe Harley Dean, yes, for this league. Maybe not for the championship. I'm not too sure, because I don't know if he would fit that play style or not. Um I do think that Michael Hector would be good both in this league and in the championship because, well, we've already seen what he can do. I mean, he got promoted with Fulham, for crying out loud. A lot of my friends, I've got some friends who are Fulham fans, and they used to call him Virgil van Mike for a reason, you know? So I think League One is, actual, uh, is a very good level for him. I'm sure he'd be, absolutely own it down here. Um, he played for the club before, so also a very good way of reeling him back in again. And, I'm, and I think he enjoyed his time because he's still interacts all the time with his former Wednesday teammates on social media, doesn't he? Um, oh, yeah. So Him and Barry Bannon. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think he would fit in very well currently to the to the squad. And um, But I, I do think that Gibson, I, I don't think that he got a very fair sort of shout last year um, because he obviously had a lot of time injured. And that's, unfortunately, I don't know if... He's still... 
The thing is, he's still early enough in his career where this can be ironed out and gotten rid of. He's not five years down the line he's into not, it. He's not, where, he's not Harley yeah, Dean. He's not like five years down the line where that sort of problem would set in. He's still very early on, and that can easily be solved with, with the sports science side of things, you know? Um, so I do think that getting him in as well might be a very good idea, personally, because he's still young and he's got a lot of potential. Don't forget that. He does have a lot of potential, and I'm sure the only reason he's been released is because of this injury situation hampering his game time over the last few years. He had the same issue at Reading as well, and they also said mm. that when he did play, he looked very solid, and he looked like he had a lot of potential as well. So I do think that he would be a good addition, um, but I totally agree. I don't think... some uh, Somehow, we had a, a fair bit of depth last season, and somehow... It sort of feels like we haven't got that this season, and I don't know what's happened. Well, we did, we did, we did lose. I know, we, yeah, we did lose at the back, a chunk. We lost, yeah, we lost. Touch, uh, Massimo could fit into that. Who were yeah. defensive players? Defensive side were were a bit short and up front, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. But the midfield is where we're stacked. We've Absolutely, got plenty of players to play there. I think goalkeeping. We're okay. I know we still want to bring a goalkeeper in, and I don't. I think that's just for cover, because right now we don't technically have a third keeper. Uh, Pierce is way too young; he's seventeen. It's not a good thing to bring in, and we do, and much of people go like, "I don't, I don't want to bring a player in for the sake of bringing a player in." We do also have Jack Hall, who's represented England at yes. uh, youth level currently, and he does seem like he's that's got a good, good point. fair bit of promise, and he potentially could actually fit into that third keeper role. Um, Especially if we're in, you know, say the Pizza Cup and we're against a lower opposition, I think that would be a good opportunity to kind of blood him into the first team environment. Um, but yeah. I do think that definitely, he, I think we need to start looking at, at academy products now because for far too long that's been neglected. But I know that we're going to talk about that in a little bit, so I won't go into too much detail on that yeah, side right now. But I do think that maybe Jack Hall might fit into that third keeper role a little bit. I think the the fact that we haven't got a number one yeah. is more on the side, more towards the side of like encouraging Dawson and uh, Stockdale to I think it's be battle. It's literally, thing. yeah. It's to it's to to tell both of them, look, you both have a fair shout at being the number one. Just because you don't have the number one jersey or the number one, you know, the number, it doesn't mean that you're not number one material, and that we're finding somebody else that is a number one material. It's to make you have that feeling of i need to compete to get this number one and i think that's a very good thing i think moore's been very clever with that if it was more that decided the numbers this time around i don't know because i know previously the manager hasn't but that's a whole other story anyway yeah <laughs> to be fair to be fair dawson and dot there can talk about it on a monday when they see see the stuff online now they said in yes. his interview which i thought was awesome exactly they do read so people people saying negative things in a very unconstructive way if that's the right word for that um people saying these things in a very sort of negative light that doesn't have any moral sort of logic in there or something yeah the players read this stuff this it does get to them they're human beings as well they do they do read the swfc hashtag they do see what people are saying and people who are strong-minded like stockdale i think can take that in their stride and they just use it as motivation but others as we've seen in the past, sorry for hitting the microphone. Other others, as we've seen in the past, might not be so able to take that sort of digital yeah. criticism, if you like. Um, and I kind of think I do believe Chansey when he said we had a six-figure sponsorship lined up, and then they saw the abuse online, and that's why they walked away. A lot of people said, "Oh, that doesn't happen. Manchester United don't do that." It's like, there's a different breed though. The Manchester United are exactly. here. They'll make money either way, and there's other other areas. Who won't. So it kind of was the thing. So I do believe Chansey when he said there was a six-figure deal yeah. in place and it went due to criticism. But one of the things is we know we need to look at getting more players in. And this goes on nicely because one of the things that we had in this MK Dons match was we didn't have enough attacking players. So having someone like this player come in, and we have spoke about him before, but we haven't spoke about it with Jack on the show. So Sheffield went to face transfer battle for leave one rival to sign Swansea City striker. Uh, this is from the Yorkshire Examiner. Uh, Sheffield went there battling it out for Oxford United to sign Swansea City striker Kyle Joseph. Our 
This the title, Wales Online, okay. Uh, Joseph is now closing on a steal and a loan move away from South Wales. Joseph featured in pre-season for the Swans, but probably turned out to the clubs under 20, 21s in re recent weeks. He was left out of the Swansea matchday squad for the championship over Prina versus Rotherham. Joseph netted 22, uh, four goals in 22 appearances for competitions, and he featured 10 times off the bench for Swansea when he was on loan at the Gloucestershire the four goals that is now we need attacking players this is no doubt uh, right now we've got Lee Gregory who will be back for the game next week he may even play versus uh, Sunderland we've got Windass is that it uh, Patterson well so, we do so have we so we do have so but unfortunately it must have been love but it's so for now because I think <laughs> as the pun suggests I I do think that the story about the Dutch club coming in for him. I do think there's a modicum of truth in that. And whether or not it was a decision on that basis that so didn't get substituted on, or whether that was not the case, I do think that... I don't think we were the right fit for him. I think I do think he's a good player. Didn't, I do think he's a good player. He does look like, like a good a player. But it doesn't... I, I do agree. A bit like um, a bit like when we had Florian Camberry last season... I, I do. I does. It doesn't to me feel like they were Darren Moore signings, and they were more backroom staff signings. Um, whether it was you know the recruitment team or not, I don't know. But it just it, with how they were with how they were both utilized last year, it did sort of feel like with the game time they received, some of them, and it did seem like it more felt a bit obligated to play them because they were someone else's signings and not his. If that makes sense. Um, and I do feel that, again, I do think so, very good player, very skillful, very quick, all the attributes that would be crucial for an attacking play in a team, but I just don't, I don't know if he would suit English football very much, and I think that he might be more comfortable with a move back to the Netherlands, um, where I'm sure he would absolutely tear it up, um, and I, I do, oh, yeah. I do think it may be a good fit for both clubs, uh, I, I'm so sorry, if any of you are listening from that club, but I cannot remember the name of them. Uh, the Gratchat. Yes, yes. Um, I even got a club right wow. in saying it. Wow. <laughs> but I do think it would be a very good uh, fit for both clubs, maybe, and he, if he has a bit of a, a fresher start, because I don't... If I was getting the, the small amount of game time that So has got, I don't think I would be happy and would be itching for even a loan move somewhere. Um, because I do think that he is first team material. I just don't know if he his style of playing is necessarily what fits in with what we have going on at the moment. You know. Yeah, because if we lose, so uh, and they uh, Michael Smith is out for six weeks, he leaves us with very little attacking options. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people turn around and say, "Get Bailey Kadamarchi. He's seventeen. He needs to he go needs, play. He needs to. He needs to. Yeah. Age group." And develop. There's no point throwing a kid in. I know. I get. I am one of the people that always goes. If you're good enough, you you play. But you still need to learn and develop. Now the thing is, you go get Kyle Joseph. It would be an absolute great move for us. I think it would be one that would work out. How how the times have changed? Where we set, where we have a tight story and it's a battling out with Oxford United shows you where we are. Yeah. But at the same time, Oxford are. If you're gonna go somewhere. I hate to say it because I don't like him. He's a very good manager. He gets the best out of young players, Robinson. He really does, and it annoys yeah. me. But we still need attacking players. And the thing is, as much as everyone wants to say, oh, let's walk away from Wilkes, I still don't think that deal's dead. That still feels like there's something there. I, I don't know I what. agree. I completely agree. That will be a Sheffield um, Wednesday deadline day signing. I'm calling it now. That's, it does feel it, does, it, it, it feels it like feel that. It. it feels like there's too much... There's too much media attention. There's too much fan emotional investment in this. There's there's been it's literally felt like the sort of you know you know the build up to say the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury fight when there's the back yes. and forth with the with the chairman's comments and then the fans' comments online and it just feels like there's too much emotional media whatever attention in this whole whole situation now for nothing to then happen. It feels like that'd be too much of an anticlimax and. Given that the player clearly does want to leave, I don't understand why Hull would be sort of holding him under duress like they are. But 
it is what it is. I you don't remember though, Hull are a club who have got new owners, so new people to football, and we remember how Chancery yes. when he was new to football and stuff. So there's that kind of element. It must be interesting it's for Chance. Sorry to interrupt, but it must be interesting yeah, for Mr. Chancery now to be dealing with an owner that's very green and sort of seeing how they react because he was that sort of not to be. I'm not meaning this in any way disrespectful at all, but. He was his his negotiation possibly was like that at the very beginning, and then it must be so interesting for him to see him being in the other person's shoes now, where he's dealing with somebody that may be a bit too obstinate and and unmoving and not willing to negotiate. Yeah. When in this business you do need to make a compromise. Neither side can be completely happy in whatever money is 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 dealt in these kind of deals, and. It's, you know. it's a weird one because he wants to come here. He made that very clear. Personal terms are already agreed. Mm -hmm. I know people like, how can that happen? Modern day football, personal terms are normally agreed before the actual deal with the club. Uh, people said, isn't, isn't that kind of like uh, bunging a player? Not really in this day and age. You don't really hear about that uh, much. As, as long uh, as the club have actually given another yeah. club permission to talk to the player is absolutely fine and to be honest with the manager's plan because it would have been that side of it would have been between darren moore and the whole manager and if the whole manager doesn't have wilkes in his plans he will say to darren moore yes full consent come and talk to him come and negotiate and p potentially take him off our yeah, hands it's, we need we need attacking the object. money side uh, is from the chairman to chairman or whoever deals mm. with that side of it and that's the side of this deal that is being held up because of the unwillingness yeah. to negotiate from the whole side, from, from the whole perspective. The actual personal terms, all that stuff, is, I believe, mainly handled by the two managers and or by the manager and the and the player and the player's agent, agent and, and so on. So that's why that side has been very quickly dealt with because there was no interference from above, more, more or less. If we got in a Kyle Joseph and a Wilkes, I think... You're looking at something that will work really well uh, as a partnership and getting two people in who would do well like that is something we need. We are showing that we lack the attacking skill. Uh, we've got Windath, but you don't want to burn Windath out. He's coming off a very lengthy injury himself. Once Mudge comes back, I think he'll be a perfect fit for how we're getting balls into the box. It's just typical of Wendy to go sign a player that's got an injury and it not be picked up on like the... It could be that it have been picked up and they were hoping to manage it better and it's just not worked. Absolutely. But toe injuries are always an interesting one because of where it is. You can't just like reset it and hope it hope for it's fine. It's just got to heal naturally. And being a footballer, you get a lot of them. We are needing attacking players. It'll be interesting to see who Wendy can bring in as other options. Uh, I am getting to the point with work where I'm sick of making videos on it myself. It feels like it's the Sheffield Wednesday version of Manchester United Dion. Wait, you've been making you've been editing. making videos all about him? Yeah. No, surely uh, not. Uh, eight sodding videos of about him actually. Only eight? Wow. Um, oh. The four about so at the minute. No, so, and if we lose so, we're 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 running out of options up top and it's one thing that showed us in the Portsmouth game and in the in the MK Donk game. Second half games we we got this ability of not putting two halves together and we've had it since the Brian Laws days where we'd have a good forty five in the first half and a bad forty five in the second mm. half or we'd have a bad forty five in the first half, get absolutely rollocks like we did at Fleetwood and then we go on and do well. We need to string two halves of 45 together because it's not going to work well. We can't keep... It's like Darren Moore got a system. He wants him play for us to play with attacking players and going forward and ball work. And then it goes suddenly in that second half. The moment a team presses us, we kind of just go into that old defensive style, everyone behind the ball. At times in that NK Don game, we were all behind the ball and there was no attacking outlet. Like Strangely though, there were so many players behind the ball, and yet, like I said, like I was saying towards the beginning, everybody was spectating. Nobody was pressing them. Mm. There were so many behind the ball, and they were almost sort of expecting everybody else to be pressing. And yet, because everybody was then thinking they should be pressing, Delhi did. I know Delhi did, but he was Delhi, for that Delhi spell did. of like ten, twenty minutes or so. 
everybody was just sort of looking at each other going who's who's pressing who's pressing you should be pressing them and and because everybody was thinking they should be pressing nobody was pressing and so they were just able to sort of like weave in and out in between the players and then force in stockdale to make that really fine save that he did if you remember that um yes and and that's that is this it's this frustration it's almost like there's moments Mm -hmm. where they 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 revert they revert back to this state that they were in for a lot of last season where they just hadn't gelled and it's strange it's so strange because clearly they've had a season and have, and with how they are on social media on on all the media they've bonded very tightly as a group and it just seems very odd to me that suddenly they've gone they they just slip into this weird state as though they just have no idea what anybody else is doing on the pitch and just themselves and. And yeah. I think that's a bit of a strange issue they need to get, but it's it's ta- it's it's from like a a mental point of view with them. I don't know how that would be fixed. Maybe maybe more team bonding exercises or something like that. They just need to be able. Well, we do have a thought psychologist yeah. in, so I wonder if there's a lot of work getting done there. Yeah. Well, I think we're gonna hopefully see some more signings in this week, and we need them. We definitely need them, we especially need them. the Femi World thing stuff. But attacking is where we need it more as well. I think we need to try and find moving a fire player, maybe. Yeah. That sort but of, moving yeah. on, we have signed two players this week, and it's gone a little bit underneath the radar. We've got two under-21s players. So Sheffield went there, bolted their under-21 rank with the addition of Adam, Adam, Amy, Adorto. I, I butchered your name, mate. Sorry. Uh, I'm just... I've, I'll let work have an attempt at that in a minute. Oh, uh, yeah. And Luke okay. Cook. The duo have enjoyed an excellent trial period at clubs, joined Neil Thompson's on the 21 side to the new campaign with beginnings. Town defending Ada Toro, previous representative of Elfley Town in his native Ireland, while centre forward Cook featured for Elfley Town and Misford FC in the Islamman League Premier Division last, last season. Uh, Cook said, it's a really proud moment for my family. I've worked hard to be here. I feel like I deserve it. Hard work continues. It's been a difficult journey. I have a lot of no's and rejection, but I'm happy. I never give up because being here, it's completely worth it. Um, Avatola said, I'm delighted to, it's been a long time coming. It's good to get over the line. I'm tall, physical defender with pace, and I want to show everyone those qualities. Maybe we may have some players in the future for the back line coming through. Something we need to do a lot more with, especially with our academy. They need to start coming through. Uh, I played a couple of games on trial last season. They went well, and I'm now here and looking forward to it. Myself and Neil have talked all the time. I know exactly what he wants from me. The club have faith in me, of course, and that makes me happy. The Owls will, uh, the Owls under 21 will kick off now uh, on Monday the 8th of August. We're recording this midday on uh so Deck can go enjoy the rest of his holiday, so he's not doing too much editing. But what do you think about this? Um, and there's a two signing coming in. You see, I think this is quite interesting because, firstly, they've not actually come from established football league clubs, have they? They've come from clubs much lower down in the pyramid. Oh. And to me, that sort of shows that we're going for an approach where we want to sign players that have ambition and that they're hungry and that they'll be grateful for the opportunity to play for the club because I think previously when we've maybe got youngsters from established premier league clubs or something when they've you know been released by their academies i think we've had the issue of well i was playing at chelsea i was playing at everton and now i'm here in comparison and i think that attitude was just maybe the wrong kind of attitude that maybe got a few maybe shown the door because of that and i think that probably this might mean that these two lads have got a much higher work rate and much higher passion to improve themselves and do, and and to say yes, I I deserve to be here because I show I've shown you know the academy I've shown Darren Moore that I have got the potential to be here and do well and I think this is an interesting new approach as well that Darren Moore is taking with the academy because I'm I'm pretty sure given that we've restructured it the way in the way that we have. It almost seems like he's just decided, I need to nuke the academy and just go again. Start from scratch. Start from a new beginning. And I think it's quite interesting that they've now gone this almost grassroots approach rather than scrounging the the scraps that have come away yeah. from the from other first team, from other you know football league academies. Um, 
And I think it just shows that there's a new ethos, almost. And I would say that maybe that the overhaul needs to take place in the backroom staff level, because the under-18s, perfect, absolutely fine. But if you look at the under-23s, or, well, it will now be the under-21s, I guess, but for so yeah. long, it's, it was just Lee Bullen on his own, with no assistance whatsoever. I know there was, like, Nicky Weaver that was dipping in and out of the under-18s and the under-23s to do the goalkeeping side of things, but for all intents and purposes, there was just Lee Bullen on his, on his own, and then there was Neil Thompson on his own. Nobody else. It seemed like the under-18s were getting all of the focus, and then... The under twenty threes were just being sort of left out to dry in like a sort of placeholder area when there was all these people coming up from the under eighteens, and it was like, oh no, what do we do with them? Where do we put them? So we'll put them in the, in the under under twenty threes, and then nothing sort of happens to bridge the gap up to the first team because they haven't got the infrastructure in the under twenty threes of the coaching staff and that sort of side of it to then say yes. I'm, at the time, championship yeah. material. Yes, I'm now ready to go up against these first teams in the championship. Or yes, I'm ready to go up against these first teams in the in League One. And I and I do like that we've got back into the habit of loaning out these prospects to like Alex Hunt Brennan. going out, Kieran Brennan this season going to Swindon. Yeah. It seems like we're actually trying to encourage the lads in the under twenty ones, formerly the under twenty threes to now say, right, okay, I've got something to work for now. It wasn't just, this is the summit of where I can go at Sheffield Wednesday, whereas p perhaps before, it just sort of seemed like, this is as high as, I, high, high as I can get here, because there's no seeming pathway into the first team anymore. And yet now, with what Darren Moore wants to do, it seems like that's finally back again. There's finally going to be connective tissue and... and I still do think that it's very early steps, though, at the moment. That there needs to be a yeah, lot more work doing to it to to bring it up the to standard. The thing is, if Darren Moore came in in that period where we had Pulis, I don't think you see Liam Shaw go. I don't think you see Oregidi go. I think you get those players set being first teamers. Yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Didn't really work out for is, them, did it? it? Is, but unfortunately, it, you know. is, it is that situation. I think. I saw a little bit when they were there, like maybe we were making changes to this because you start to see academy players coming because we had to, we couldn't get players in. And you saw a little bit of it last season in the Pizza Cup and Brennan actually had to come in and make a massive uh, part exactly. of last season because we had injuries. And again, he'd fit this in could very be well. a perfect opportunity. Yeah. And he fit in very again, well, I thought. could be a perfect, yeah. And they could be the perfect opportunity exactly. for another kind of player who... We've got a little bit of injury at the back. Maybe exactly. someone steps up and says, right, this is my chance. And you've got to remember, much of people love the academy. Academies have got to be used as a moneymaker. Because if you can make money out your academy, you can fund your transfer window. Exactly. You can fund it. If you get good academy players who are in your first team, yes, it sucks to be that team that's always selling your best players. But Hull have done it for years, and they... Hull are very good at it. They just sold Lewington or... Not Lewington, I can't remember what his name is. Uh, he just gone to Brentford and he'd gone for 17 million. And they'll have a sell-on clause like they did with Harry Maguire and Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. It's how you get money back in without having to actually go, oh, I need to sell a player because no money deal comes in. The academy is a work in progress. The big thing with the academy is, ideally, the, the training ground and the academy needs to move. It needs to go to somewhere it bigger. It needs to have its own separate academy bit, then a separate first team. The issue is land. The issue is, let's be honest, if, if we're rating Middlewood out of, like, amazing and a quite uh, really bad, it's about a C or a D. I, I think Middlewood Road think would be C very good for the it. absolute youngest of the academy. Mm. Absolutely perfect. Exactly what, what that side of it needs. But... When we're looking now, at, like Middlewood Road was absolutely fine in the 90s, in the 80s. It was perfect, fit for purpose, exactly what we needed. But if you look at the modern game now with how much all of the, the physio side, the sports science side, the actual yeah. scientific outlook on the game has gone, with look at, look at how Bielsa was getting leads to rotate all the pitches, 
all those pitches they had, and they were covering a very tiny little aspect of the game on each pitch, and that's why they did so but well. Don't fly your drone but over it. Don't fly your drone over annoyed. it because you know Spygate. <laughs> but um, that side of the game, we can't do at Middlewood because we're packing all these teams in to a very short, tiny little land space. The under twenty threes had to move to another ground to go and play the games. They couldn't play them at Middlewood. Yeah. They had to go and rent got, um... <laughs> another ground to uh, to play their games yeah. at. And this is why we need... However, I understand that to get to do that, it's a large financial investment to, to get a whole new training ground built in there. You've got to negotiate prices with the farmers, first and foremost, because I think with how much land space is taken up by other things now in Sheffield and all the urban sprawl stuff... You can tell I'm a geography graduate, can't you? And all the urban sprawl stuff... <laughs> It's very hard to find land big enough to what Sheffield Wednesday actually needs in terms of the training ground land space. And so now, farmers' fields are the only way to go. You know, the barren that aren't really producing crops anymore, that's the probably the direction you have to go in now to find land space for this. And I grab field, you can buy up, like yep. nine acres or something for like 800,000. There we go. There we go, Mr. Chancery, if you're listening. We're, we're, consider us your real estate agents. But please don't ask us to try and find houses to relocate people around Hillsborough Stadium if you want to expand the stadium. Because quite frankly, the housing market right now in Sheffield is not very good. And that's putting it very, very mildly for the sakes of this broadcast. Yeah. But farmland, absolutely perfect. The it, it, need, it, need, it needs to change. There is the, bit, there is the plot like getting done at Achtercliff, mm -hmm. which is a community kind yeah. of thing, which is good, great, brilliant. We're working on stuff. But things like that does need to change. We will go into uh, the next matches. Uh, we have two. So we have a midweek game. Uh, as Dex is away, there is no Dex to watch this week. He's having a break away. Uh, we've got Sunderland in the Cowbell Cup. Um, I'm not really bothered either way. Uh, I mean, uh, I just I, I just think, think it's, from a purely emotional perspective, it's a very good chance to get some revenge on the fact that we missed out on the playoffs. Yes. But to me, that's pretty much all that that really is. It does, granted, it does give you more money if you do well than the Pizza Cup. And I just, I feel really sad that we're associated with, uh, not, this sounds so snobby now, but I'm just so sad that <laughs> it's like the, the cup that we're excited for is what used to be the Johnson's Paint Trophy and has now changed to the Pizza Cup. And I don't doubt Dexel, I'll get a uh, message from Dex saying how many cups are we it in this just, time. Uh, it's just, it makes me sad that, it, it's another reminder that we've fallen yeah. so far in recent years and it's just motivation look I think we need to treat it as motivation to yeah. say right look at where we are now we need to do the tyson fury and get right back up off that mat even though we were knocked out cold we need to do that and it's more motivation to do that in my opinion um but yes sorry to go off on a really wild tangent there but yes we've got sunderland <laughs> in the uh, efl cup coming up so we, they they done. Uh, if we go on their lead stuff, they've won one game at Bristol three two this, this week last weekend, and they got a draw versus Coventry on their first game. Uh, then for me, cup games it's good to get uh, money in. It's good. It'd be nice to go on a cup run and win something again. But at the same time, we don't have the best luck with doing things like that just because of purely we haven't got enough of the squad depth at the minute for it. It's, it's the Wednesday we way. What can I say? It's the yeah. Wednesday way. We'll get beaten by the tiny little League 2 relegation battle contender in the Pizza Cup or yeah. something. You know, it's just, it's the Wednesday way. It's always happened. It's always happened. Yeah, very much so. And, but we'll see what happens on that. And then we play Charlton oh. at home, oh. who... My favourite team. <laughs> They've... <laughs> Yeah, Worker's favourite uh, team from got, the last episode. They had a 2-2 draw versus Accrington Stanley on the first game of the season, and they beat Derby County 1-0 oh. at the weekend. So they're coming on a win. We are good at home. It'll be interesting to see how, what team line we do. I still think we're going to have a busy week. Hopefully, finger crossed with some ins because we need it. But Darren Moore was seeming like he was hinting at that in the yes, interview after the yeah. NK game. It did seem that, uh, yeah. He, he, the thing I like about Dan Moore, he's very cloak and daggers, won't, and he's very respectful. He won't say anything about players that are not ours, but he also won't give away targets who we're looking at, and I like that. I do too. It's been a long time since we've had a manager who doesn't go, oh, yeah, we're after him, and then the club go, oh, Sheffield Wednesday, add a couple of zeros to that, please, accountants, and then we have to pay over the odd for it. 
I like that going forward. Or another club just comes and swoops in and just it's like, oh, Wednesday want them. We'll have them instead just because Sheffield Wednesday want them because I'm pretty sure that that's what's happened with a few players in the past, you know. I'm not going to lie. That kind of going to be, I kind of, I'm scared of Wilk doing that and going to Peterborough. (laughs) Yeah, but he's already played (laughs) for them. He's already played for them and he doesn't want, he wants, he wants some new surroundings. He doesn't want to go for the same old, same old, does he? Can you tell that I'm trying to maybe entice him because he's friends with Josh Windass to, to come on the, to come on come to and this club. Not, he's not, he's got and nothing to do with that. He's signing on football absolutely, manager every Absolutely nothing to do with the fact that I am a serial signer of Malik Wilkes on football manager every single time. And it wouldn't it would it wouldn't mean that it you're two for two mean, players in the club. It wouldn't mean that I'm two for two after we signed Backinson as well, that my football manager squad would be coming together very nicely in, in real life and I couldn't claim that as as a as a worko victory, you know. I that's not at all my motivation behind this, but you know. <laughs> we but are sorry, at the yes. end of the podcast. Is there anything else at the that end you already? would like to add, Jack? Oh. Yeah. At the end already. I mean it it feels it almost feels like we're the sort of misbehaving teenage sons that Dex the father <laughs> has said, you know what, they'll be alright. Well I'll leave them on their own. They can they can they can handle it. And uh, we've just kind of run ragged a little bit. I mean you've been very calm and composed and i to be honest as well i know this was mentioned so so far back in the podcast now but see i'm i'm a i'm an extended i'm an armchair extended highlights viewer most of the time right and i know i'm gonna get abused for that i see you andy in the comments um (laughs) the the atmosphere i thought was quite interesting at stadium mk because somehow we somehow the wednesday fans were drowning out the entirety of the home end but then, yeah. and I've seen online with all the tweets and everything, and they were saying tin pot this and tin pot that. But if you think about it, some people's tin pot is is somebody else's coliseum. Although in that home end, I'm pretty sure that if a tin pot <laughs> did fall over and 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 hit the concrete flooring of the stand, it would be very very easily heard, especially the clinks as it rolled all the way down the empty surrounded seating areas and the, and the stairs i'm pretty well, sure that it was make a note. charlton you know, charlton hate charlton hate worko mk hate worko now too yeah, yes i'm i'm everybody's favorite yeah, we'll, we'll, in this we'll league just start, we'll just start we'll just, keeping a list we'll do, yeah yeah in, in the discord in the discord if you haven't joined now. already please join the dexterity box discord yes. nice little plug there that james will love i'm sure james is going to love this plug um if you haven't joined already please join the discord it's a wonderful place with wonderful people like ourselves who chat a lot of sense about Sheffield Wednesday and various other things. And yes, that's that's my extra bits. It's, it's just an all-around good little community absolutely, we've built here. Absolutely. But thank you for listening to the Talking Wednesday. Dex should be back next week, hopefully. Uh, he's having a good time in wherever he's gone on holiday. Uh, it could be interesting to see what we do next. Absolutely. But thank you for listening to the Talking Wednesday, and we'll see you in the next We will. One. Whether it's me here or not, who knows? Who, who the heck knows? But thank you very much for having me on again. It's been wonderful. Yeah, you've been brilliant thank again. <laughs> we, we will see you in the next one. Ta-ra.